0: You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in
1: Aurora, Colorado. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's see. Dearly beloved, I lost the first page of my sermon, but I know the text. So. The text for the sermon is in Luke 24... Verses 46 to 47. Jesus said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Thus far the text. Let us pray. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is the truth. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Today, we celebrate the ordination and installation of Brian Fleming. And it is more than appropriate that we recall him on this day, the foundation and the fundamental tasks of the ministry. The words we heard are words that Christ speaks just before his ascension. He admonishes his disciples and tells them, Don't you know what the Old Testament is all about? It's about Christ. And it's about Christ, him, suffering and raising from the dead and that in his name there is repentance and forgiveness of sin preached. That's not only what the Old Testament is all about. It's what Christianity is all about. It's what the church is all about. And that's what the ministry is all about. And so, this afternoon, it's more than fitting that we look at these words and meditate upon them and hear what the Lord has to say to all of us brothers in the ministry, to Brian, to the congregation. The first thing is what is the foundation of the Christian faith? The foundation of the Christian faith is that Christ had to suffer and that he rose from the dead. In a church, we have it to do with the living Christ. The church is not about ideas, it's not about moral values as important as they are. It's not about satisfying religious desires and needs or helping that the world may become a better place. All these are worthy things. But it's not what the Church is primarily about. The Church wouldn't even be if there was no Christ who had suffered and risen from the dead. Without the resurrection, what would we have? We wouldn't even remember Christ. It is the living Christ, who continues to work among us, who has called you, all of you who are here today, he has called you to be his people. Without the living Christ, no church. Without the living Christ, no ministry. What is the preaching office all about? The preaching office is to speak in the name and in the stead of Christ. You hear that at the Confession and Absolution, right? I as a called and ordained servant of the word. Now that's not because somebody has to blow himself up, because he's just too little of a person, right? So he has to kind of pump himself up and say, I as a called and ordained servant of the Lord. It's actually to show that he himself is not the person around everything revolves. Are you here? Because you have a charismatic pastor Who's funny Is that why you're here? Is that what you expect? It's good if it is like that, right? You don't want to have a boring pastor You don't want a guy who can't talk But in the end Entertainment, a winning personality That smile and that perfect teeth Plus the perfect hair Is just not enough It's just not enough Because when you when you think about it sunday morning should i get up walk in the park sleeping in having a paper nice brunch or go to church will it be the winning smile will it be the perfect hair or the uplifting music that brings you to church in the end it is because you know you need it you need this church because you need to hear what jesus has to tell you you need to hear the voice of the living christ That's why you come. That's why we have pastors. That pastors are messengers. Messengers from Christ. What they have to say is not what they invented. They are messengers of the living Christ. They don't have to make it up. They don't have to wing it. They have to say what Christ has told them to say. And what Christ tells his church we know because Christ has given his word to us in the Holy Scriptures. So, that's the foundation of church, of our Christian faith. It is the foundation of our ch- of, of also of the office. So the church gathers around the living Christ. And Christ is among us as the one who still has come to call sinners to repentance. Christ is among us to give his gifts. The gifts that come from the cross. Forgiveness of sins and life eternal. That's the foundation of the life of any Christian and it is the foundation of the preaching office. That's what you expect from your pastor, that's what you expect from your new pastor, Brian Fleming. that he will do that. And he will do that, he will promise and pledge himself to do that and with the help of Christ he will. And he will be a blessing among you as he speaks the words of Christ, as he is Christ's messenger, as he puts before your eyes Christ, Christ, the living Christ, not an idea, the living Christ, who went through death and hell and back to life, so that you too will go through death and hell and back to life, a life eternal. That is true for everything that the pastor does. In baptism, it's not just a ceremony. We had this morning a baptism here. It's not just a little water. It's not just a rite of welcoming in the congregation. It is Christ who holds this child through the arms of the pastor. Christ himself gives us what he has gained on the cross and makes this child and has made us partakers of the resurrection. In the Lord's Supper, it is Christ who is the host who through the mouth and the hands of the pastor distributes his body and blood given and shed for the forgiveness of sins through the pastor. And when you are troubled by your sorrows and sins, the pastor is there to bring you the comfort that whatever happened and whatever has happened that God is still your father and that God is still God is still forgiving you and having his arms open like the father in the parable of the prodigal son because of what Christ has done in his death and his resurrection. and this message, because Christ has died for all men, the preaching office is directed to all men. Christ came to seek and to save what is lost. He did not come just for certain people, the well-behaved, Those who are religiously inclined, or people of a certain kind of cultural background, or a certain race. No? He came for everybody. He came for all men, white, black, brown, for rich and poor, European, Asian, African. And thus the pastor is called to preach and witness to all people. The church is called to include all races and people of all cultures imagine the church would say we are only serving a certain clientele we only want certain people here you know what not only would that be very snobbish and you know kind of disgusting it would be a denial of christ because what you would saying is that christ died only for some people christ is only for some people or that there are other ways to god you would deny that Christ is the Son of the living God. Now, I already spoke about some of the things a pastor does. And of course, we expect that since Christ is crucified, Christ crucified is the foundation of the faith, church, and ministry, that the pastor talks about Christ crucified. But Christ is not only talking about him that that is prophesied that he suffered and rose from the dead. And he doesn't simply then continue and say, and therefore you should preach about my cross and my resurrection. He continues, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. So the content of the preaching of the apostles, and later of those in the preaching office up to our time, is not simply the story of Jesus, but repentance and forgiveness in Jesus' name. Why is that? Why is it not just Jesus and tell the story of Jesus? Because repentance and forgiveness of sins shows us what the story of Jesus is all about. Now you could look at the cross and say, oh yeah, suffering is terrible, right? It's all so terrible, we know it, people suffer all the time. And what is the resurrection then? Well, in the end, there will be a happy end. Believe it or not, I once heard a sermon like that in Germany. That's it all about. Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to suffer, but in the end, things will be okay. But Christianity is not, well, yeah, there are tough times, but in the end, everything will be okay. So take comfort from that. That is not what the cross is all about. What's it all about is that when we look at the cross, we see both. We see how God punishes our sins, and we see the great love of the Father. We see... That when we understand the cross properly, what happens is that we repent and that we receive the forgiveness of sins. So there is first repentance. Now repentance is a loaded word. It sounds somber and stern. And it evokes those images that the church is this kind of moral guardian. It tells you off. That the church is there to induce that famous bad conscience. And that if things come to worse, that it kills the joy in life. So could we just skip that step? Let's talk positively, right? We all know negative talk, we don't like that. That doesn't accomplish anything. Let's be positive. Let's talk just about the love of God. Let's just talk about that God helps us and gives our life meaning and all the good things. But before we go there, let's remember, it's Jesus himself, the risen Lord, who talks about preaching of repentance. So maybe we shouldn't skip that step so easily, even though we might not like to hear about that. Why is that so important? Why does Jesus say that just before he ascends into heaven? taught us to talk about repentance, that repentance is preached. Because we can't understand the cross properly if we don't understand ourselves properly. And to understand ourselves properly, we have to hear the truth about ourselves. What is the truth of our, about ourselves? Well, when we look at Christ's death, we see he died because he bore our condemnation. And that's a terrifying thought. You look at that and you think, really? Is it that bad? I mean, are we that bad? Are you that bad? That somebody else has to die for you? Come on! I mean, it's not everybody here sitting a secret mass murderer, right? I mean, there are evil people, but I mean, most people are pretty decent. They're honest, at least most of the time. And they can control their evil, homicidal impulses. Otherwise, there would be more instances of road rage, right? I mean, we're not that bad. So what is it? What is it? Why, why is this harping on that? Why do we need to repent? Why did Christ have to die? Well, the answer that Scripture gives is that God does not simply want us to be pretty good most of the time, which is enough to... So in civil life, right? But actually, that God wants us to believe in Him. To trust in Him. To love Him. To do His will in everything, every moment, with all our heart, joyfully. He wants us whole, entirely. Not just sometimes, not just a little bit not just the outward performance. That's a lot to ask for. Can God do that? Well, the moment you ask that question, of course He can. He's God. He's our Creator. He gave us our life. So He can tell us how we should, our, should live our life, right? And natural man doesn't. Natural man, sinful man after the fall thinks that God eh, well no you don't quite trust him it starts with Adam and Eve right you don't quite trust him that he wants the best thing for you and so it goes on that this the will of God and our will clash and we assert ourselves against God we want to have our own life we don't want to be under God we don't want to live with God now most of the time we are only dimly aware of that Now we know that something is not quite right with our life, right? But the depth, the depth of our unwillingness and unbelief, the depth of our sinfulness, that's something we have to be told. That's something that has to be revealed. And that's also the job of the pastor. The pastor is there to hold that mirror in front of you, to confront you with the law of God. So that you see who you are. And it's not always the thing a pastor wants to do. Like everybody else, a pastor wants to be positive. But you need to hear it. Why do you need to hear it? Because now you understand that you, you yourself, can't do anything to remedy that situation. See, once people realize, yeah, there's something wrong. I I, I have to change my life. What do you think about? You think about a 12-step program, right? Something like that. Hey, I can turn around my life, go into any bookstore, go into Barnes & Noble's and look at the self-help section. It's the same stuff recycled over and over again. Hope springs eternal, right? But with God, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Something new has to come. Not just tips and tricks and techniques, or maybe, if you are so inclined, well, maybe some kind of exotic meditation technique that will resolve all these issues in your life. No. Something completely different. Not, you should do that, you should do that. No, try this one. No. What has to come is that Christ says, your sins are forgiven. No law anymore. Not what you have done is important, but what Christ has done is important. And that's another word that we don't find in the world. You don't find that looking around. You don't find that in nature. If you go up into the mountains, you might have an, you might have an experience of the greatness and grandeur of God. But you will not hear, your sins are forgiven. The mountains do not proclaim that. That's why we have pastures. We have pastors that will say, it's not the last word that you have broken God's law. It's not the last word that God condemns you. The last word is, you are free. Free because Christ has borne all your sins and all the condemnation. You are free. You are no longer under the law of, you should, you have to. But you are free to live as a child of God. You are free from the sentence of the law, death, temporal, and eternal. You are made God's children because of the Son of God. You are forgiven, and not because you have made up for it. You can't, but because Christ has atoned for you. This has to be preached to all. And that's why Jesus talks here about the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins is the answer to the fundamental problem that man has. Is that the fundamental problem? Yes, it is. Now, there are many problems we are having, right? You might be worried about lots and lots and lots of things, right? It can be political things, immigration, the state of the economy. It might be unemployment, relational problems. It can be health problems. All that stuff bugs us. It frightens us. And I'm not saying that this is not important. Of course it is. But in the end, what is the most fundamental, the most important issue? It's not the things of this life. It's the question of eternity. It's the question of God. And once we hear that, that God is our Father, our gracious Father, who has forgiven us, that God is the one who has not spared what is the most precious to him, his only son for us, and that we now have life eternal. Now all that other stuff that bugs us and bothers us and frightens us, we can say, yeah, it still kind of frightens me, but I will never fall into some kind of a bottomless pit. Because there is God who holds me. There is Christ who holds me. And that gives you strength and comfort and hope in all the trials and tribulation of your life. It doesn't take them away, but it gets you through them. And it even gets you through the final trial and tribulation death. A young man died, or not so young man, middle-aged man died just seven weeks after he was baptized from this congregation. What a shock to everybody. And you wonder why. What was the plan of God? We don't know. But we know that this man did not go into nothing. We know that Jesus, who had united himself to to him, who had, who had united his death to him, that Jesus also has given him a share in his resurrection. And that where we see death, we should listen and see resurrection. The final word has not spoken over him, the final word will be spoken in the resurrection to life. When Jesus calls those who belong to him into life eternal, into this glorified life. That's what Jesus tells his disciples. That's what we need to hear today. That's what Pastor Fleming needs to hear today and days after. And that's why we are gathered here today. That this message, this message of repentance, this message of comfort, this message of hope, this message of joy, this message of life will be heard in a world that is so full of hopelessness, and death, and aimlessness. Here it is said, Christ is among us, speaking His words. Remember what Peter said when everybody left Him? And Jesus tells us, are you going to leave me too? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. Words of eternal life. That's the words that are spoken here according to Christ's institution and mandate. And so we gather here that Brian Fleming will be blessed and ordained and ordered and installed into this ministry so that in the many years that hopefully God will give him, that he will speak these words of eternal life. And that he will be the hands and the mouth of Christ. And so that you and all the others, he will reach and touch. That they will also have life and life abundant. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. Amen.